Like you think about all the statistics that we hear too about, you know, women are making 70 cents on the dollar of a man. There is some internalization that just means, oh, well, then my work just equals less and therefore I charge less. So it's like all of these kind of like external messages that we get throughout our lives that inform and influence how we are charging for the work that we're doing. Even though there are other messages coming in that are like, well, you're an entrepreneur, charge whatever you want. You know, no, there's no pay ceiling. There's no, and I'm just like, okay, but we've been living with this idea of a glass ceiling our whole lives. And now you're telling me there's no pay ceiling. Like that it's kind of like a conflict of messaging. And so it really takes a lot to shift how you think and how you feel about the work that you do and who you are as the person who's creating that work and come up with a number that shows what your worth is or your value is. Welcome to Making Website Magic, where we empower women to step boldly into their web design businesses, follow their intuition, and claim the success they're worthy of. I'm Sam Munoz. And I'm Karen Page. We're the tech wizards behind Sam Munoz Consulting and the Making Website Magic School of Business. We're two women here to talk about what it actually takes to run a web design business that's aligned with your vision. Spoiler alert, it probably isn't what you think it is. Ready to hear about everything from refining your business vision, networking with intention, and creating a magical client experience? Let's do it. Karen, hello. Welcome. Sam, hello. Thank you. (laughs) This is the energy level we are coming in with today because... I am always excited to get on this podcast with you and talk, but today's topic in particular, I think is going to, like the conversation we're going to have is going to maybe blow some minds, but also give space for a little bit of reflection, self-reflection. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're coming in hot today. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, a lot of observations, and I'm really excited to just like let it all out on this podcast today. Right. And we're going to, we like to keep the E off the podcast. So we're going to have to do a little bit of censoring, self-censoring, but here we go. So let's talk about undercharging as a web designer. So undercharging as a web designer, why we do it and how to overcome it. And just talking through that. So let's, let's start with what we're observing and why we decided to do this podcast topic today. Okay. So I like to keep my eye on women in the web design space, like the work that we're doing. I like to look at people's websites, right? And so I've seen women web designers who are like so absolutely talented, right? And then I'm just like, I'm curious, like what, what does your services page look like? Like how much did you charge for a website that looks like that? And then I go to their, their page and I'm like, honey, you are straight up undercharging for this. Like what you delivered if this is what it costs, there's a, a huge disconnect right now. That website that you just made is worth so much more than what you charge for it. Yes. And there's this is no shame, right? I, I definitely want to preface this conversation with, if you are listening to this and you are charging an amount that we mention on this episode, I don't want you to feel like we are shaming you. In fact, what I'd like and I what I hope is expressed here is encouragement and uplifting to say, oh my gosh, like kind of open your eyes, right? Like open your eyes to the idea that you can charge more because I get tagged and stuff where people like take a screenshots for me and they say, you know, this woman is charging $1,200 for a six page website. 
She needs you guys. <laughs> I just got that message from a friend recently. And it's crazy because you see the work that's being produced by women and it's amazing. And so charging like $800 for a website is straight up undercharging. It's straight up undercharging. There's something about the $800 website that mm-hmm. always sticks out for me, like as the example. Yeah, like to your point, we are absolutely in no way trying to shame anybody. But like as women, we really, really need to talk about why we are undercharging. Like yes. where is that coming from? Because we also know what's possible in terms of charging for the work that we're doing. It's real because we've seen it, we've experienced it. And so we want to share for all women web designers that that is available to you as well. Yes, exactly. And I keep all of my proposals, all of the things that I've sent out over the years. And obviously there's like the invoices and things, but I've also looked at the original proposals that I have sent out from the very beginning of the business. And I definitely like the prices that I was charging in the beginning to the prices we're charging now. It's, I mean, orders of magnitude bigger. And there's reasons that I undercharged in the beginning. And I think that we should talk about that on this podcast. Why do we undercharge in the first place? You know, what are some of the root reasons we do that? And what that looks like to send out a proposal, book a project, that not only is undercharged in and of itself, but is never going to help you reach those financial goals. Because if you are charging, let's say we we say $800 because that's like a nice round number we can refer to. So if you are charging $800 for a website and you want to make $100,000 in your business, how many websites are you going to have to build to get there? I mean, let's, I'm going to do the math over here on this side. So while you're doing the math over there, I'm going to say if if you're charging $800 for a website, and the duration of your project is like four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. How are you paying your rent and buying your groceries and like paying your bills? Yes, exactly. Karen, in a, one year, you'd have to make 125 websites. No, ma'am. Uh, Which means uh. almost, almost 11 <laughs> websites a month. I cannot understand how that's possible. And so breaking down the numbers, obviously like a $100,000 is not everyone's goal. And we've talked about that. Like episode three, we talked about your different dreams, your different financial goals and things like that. So if you're trying to make, let's say $50,000, so half of that, you know, here's the thing, guys, 60, like I, yeah. <laughs> I have a degree in engineering, but I learned to use a calculator. That was my strength is calculating via a calculator. But yeah, 62.5 websites. So if you charged about $800 per website and you wanted to make $50,000 in your business before taxes, you'd have to bust out 62 websites, which is more than one a week. And when you think about how many people you would have to talk to in order to have the conversion rate of 62 websites in a year, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of proposals. That's a lot of like back and forth work, right? It's not sustainable. So strictly from a financial perspective, it does not make sense to charge so little for a website and for your work. So why do we do it in the first place? I would say one of the biggest reasons we undercharge whether it be $800, whether it be $3,000, if we're building something super advanced, right? One of the main reasons we undercharge is that we have fear. We have fear of not having enough opportunities. We have fear that someone is going to say no. We have fear that someone's going to say no, not because the price is too high, but because we're not good enough for that price. There's a lot of fear surrounding it. And I think pretty much every reason that we've written down and we want to talk through is fear-based. 
fear-based, scarcity-based. Yes. Scarcity, like the lack of opportunities, the lack of people who are going to say yes, the lack of people who are going to book a call in the first place, like all of those things, the scarcity, the fear, they're intertwined. That really honestly is at the root of the undercharging for sure. I think another piece of it is like a lack of confidence, you know, that your work is good and therefore it deserves, you deserve to charge more for it, right? Like, okay, so I'm thinking of, again, like when I see somebody who has created a website, you know, on Instagram, like they're sharing something that just launched or something. I'm like, this website is is freaking gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's functional. It's got all the things that's going to help that business, that client further their income goals, their revenue goals, further their mission. But where is it that like you didn't think that your work was good enough to charge a price point that allows you to sustain your business and and live your life, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that really comes in to, as women, how we feel about our own worth and how we feel about our own value. Absolutely. We've talked about that before, you and I, off the podcast, about this idea that, in general, (laughs) women often feel like we have to overcompensate. We have to over, you know, people, people pleasing 100%, right? Mm -hmm. I think there was like a study that I saw or something. It was like women will see a job application and have all of the qualifications or maybe be missing one. And yeah, they'll be missing one. And they're like, "Mm, I don't think I'm going to apply. A man will see that again, just statistics. A man will see that and have like six of the 10 and say, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. And there's just a different, (laughs) there's a different experience being a woman. There's so much like ingrained in us societally and, you know, from interpersonal relationships that we have more closely that make us maybe a little more afraid to be bold and be out there and be like, hell yeah, I'm going to charge $10,000 for this website. I mean, I do, like now that we are charging what I believe is very value-based pricing, I get looks from people. I get interesting expressions. And the thing is, some of it comes from a place of like, dang, that's really possible. And then others is like, are you, come on, are you serious? You're really going to charge 20 grand for something? And it's like, yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. And I have to believe that some of it comes from being a woman, right? It absolutely does come from being a woman because I mean, if we are just thinking about where we are in society right now and like the, the gender pay gap, right? Like what ends up happening is whether we are aware of it or not, as women, I think we internalize that we should be charging less. Like you think about all the statistics that we hear too about, you know, women are making 70 cents on the dollar or is in depending on your ethnicity and your race, you could be making like 50 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar of a man. There is some internalization that just means, oh, well then my work just equals less and therefore I charge less. So it's like all of these kind of like external messages that we get throughout our lives that inform and influence how we are charging for the work that we're doing. Even though there are other messages coming in that are like, well, you're an entrepreneur, charge whatever you want. You know, no, there's no pay ceiling. There's no, and I'm just like, okay, but we've been living with this idea of a glass ceiling our whole lives. And now you're telling me there's no pay ceiling. Like that it's kind of like a conflict of messaging. And so it really takes a lot to shift how you think and how you feel about the work that you do and who you are as the person who's creating that work and come up with a number that shows what you're worth is or your value is or whatever. Yeah. Yes. It's a lot. And we we definitely 
in terms of like your worth, right? I think that that's one of the core things about the undercharging is this idea of like charging your worth, quote unquote, because, oh, Karen, you said it perfectly one time. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, I said, charge your worth. Girl, you're priceless. Yes. Like, <laughs> so how are you going to charge for that? How are you going to, how are you going to associate a monetary value with your personal worth when as human beings, we are priceless individuals, right? Like it's, let's throw that idea out the window because what ends up happening is if you believe that you're not worth that much, then you're not going to charge that much. Or if you're like Queen B over here and you're like, I'm, priceless. I'm worth everything. I'm going to charge, you know, $8,000 for a templatized four page website. And someone's like, "Mm, no, I'm not. That's out of my budget. Then all of a sudden them turning you down for that price is also a reflection of your worth. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, you're kind of like darned if you do and darned if you don't. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) Mm, Indeed. Let's reframe this idea of like the whole charge what you're worth concept into charge what value you're providing to the person and to your client and to their business, right? So that's a whole other thing. Totally. I think another thing that is a reason we undercharge beyond the fear, beyond the lack of confidence is that maybe you just don't know, right? Maybe there's a lack of awareness in terms of what is possible to charge. I know that when I started, this was really interesting. So, you know, I obviously studied engineering in college. And then I also, while I was there, I studied development. And then I worked as a developer in a software engineering company. Because of coming from that very code-based background, when I started doing web design and development, I felt that if I did not build everything from scratch, that I couldn't charge a higher ticket price point. So because I was using Divi, which I knew the reason I was using that, and we're going to get into this in terms of the value you're providing for your client. The reason I chose to use a page builder was because I knew that at the end of the day, I cared more about my client being able to use the website. But because I wasn't quote unquote building it from scratch, I felt like then I can't charge as much as everybody else. But that was a lack of awareness. That was a lack of understanding in the beginning what the value that I was providing was. Does that make sense? It 100% makes sense. And that's a whole other piece to like, to your point about like, if it's not built from scratch, like hand coded every single time, then it's worthless. That's not true. That's 100% not true. And there's so many reasons why that's not true. One of being what you just said about the end user result, right? Mm -hmm. But also I think there's this lack of awareness of really kind of like seeing behind the curtain of other people's businesses. And sometimes you don't need to like pull somebody aside and be like, hey, how much did you charge for that website? You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be so clandestine, but like sometimes, you know, you look at somebody's service page and there isn't a price for their packages or there isn't like a packages starting at like baseline price. So you literally, it's like behind a paywall. Like you can't do market research about what other people are charging, except there are, you know, we t- we've talked about this idea of like going into a Facebook group of 20,000 people and responding to the thread where somebody puts out a, a blast that it, they need a web designer. And then all these comments come in of like, oh, I'll do it for $15 an hour. Oh, I'll do it for $800. And da, da, da. So that's what you see. Yeah. Those are the only numbers that you see. And so then you're comparing yourself against that when you're like, you're not surrounding yourself with people or having like biz besties or conversations with people who might be charging more. And so you don't see that. And because you don't see that, it's not something that becomes your reality or it's not something that you think is available to you as well. Totally. Like you're not surrounding yourself with other people who are also going to charge just as much as you and as much as Mm -hmm. you want to. Yeah. 
Related to this idea of who you're surrounding yourself with, it also comes down to who you're actually attracting as a potential client, right? So that's another reason that we might be undercharging is that we're attracting people who are not going to pay that much. This really hits home for me because I'm very aware and observant about like the new web designer who launches their business, right? And there's this pattern that I see of new web designers attracting new business owners, right? I think there's there's a lot tied in with like what you're comfortable with, like where you are in your own entrepreneurship journey. And so I've heard this story oftentimes where it's like, I'm trying to attract the person who's just like me, like a, a woman who's an online business owner, entrepreneur, etc. But what ends up happening is in that decision and in that strategy, it's very difficult to attract a new business owner who might be confident about their own ability to find a return on investment in their own business. And so there's this disconnect in what they value in hiring you as a web designer. Does that make sense? Like, I'm just thinking of, well, if I'm new in my web design business and I know how much it costs to kind of get started, I should probably undercharge for the websites that I provide to new business owners because they're not ready to make big investments or they're actually afraid that, you know, they're not going to hit $100,000 in their own business this year. Therefore, they don't see the value in investing in a four-figure website or something like that quite yet. It becomes, again, like the self-fulfilling prophecy. There's a way to maybe reframe it. Like your work as a web designer is good enough that you can attract somebody who is willing to pay more for your website regardless. Yes. And it's just because you've been in, like, you don't need to just be working with people who've been in business an equal amount of time than you or as you. Mm -hmm. You have skills. Those skills are needed. If you are talented in what you do, you just need to be attracting the people that see that value. And we're going to talk about that next about value based pricing. You need to attract the people that see the value of what you're creating and have the mindset ability to be able to recognize the investment, see the potential outcome, and pay for that. And not have a sticker shock, right? right. Like if if you say, if you want to work with me, my package costs this much, and then they say, well, that's too much for me, that isn't an invitation for you to re- reduce your prices. Mm-mm. That's an invitation for you to say, well, then we're not a good fit. Thank you for your time. Good luck. Yeah. And goodbye. <laughs> totally. <laughs> And you know, about this whole like idea of attracting people that are not the right fit, I I do think that a lot of this is like to no fault of the new or maybe the first couple years as a web designer, because I think it goes back to the thing that we're kind of always harping on in this podcast and in other content is this idea that like we might be assuming business models that don't align with ours. And so we think we have to be teaching people things. We think we need to show up on Instagram and like give people SEO tips, but see what that attracts are people that want to DIY their stuff or they want to, you know, do it with you or whatever whatever it is. Those kinds of relationships don't breed higher ticket priced websites because you're not being hired as an expert, you're being hired as like a work with me kind of thing, like do yeah. it do it yourself. Does that make sense, right? So it's not it, it's it not quite like take the reins and like let me pay you $5,000 so that you can make something really amazing because you're an expert. It's hard because I think that the reason we create DIY content is because we're like, we want to show that we're an expert in this, right? We want to show that we know what we're talking about. And I totally hear that. And I totally understand the desire to do that. But that's not the way, like, that's not the kind of content that positions you as an expert for done for you services, which are what you can charge more for. 
Yes, because somebody who who wants a done-for-you experience and is willing to pay for a done-for-you experience isn't looking for tips on Instagram about SEO or the five things that are important in a website. They're looking for someone that's like, who already knows what's important on a website and they just want to give that person the money to do it because they're over here doing a bunch of other money-making and generating activities for their own businesses, right? It comes down to teaching about, you don't want to teach about the thing that you're creating. You want to teach about the value that the thing you're creating provides. And that's how you position yourself as an expert and one that can charge more. Yes. You have to talk about the value that paying for your service is going to provide and how good you are at what you do, you don't need to teach them how to do what you do because that's going to attract the wrong people. (laughs) It's going to attract the wrong people, but part of why value-based pricing is a great way to, to look at things or a new way to look at things if you're someone who's been undercharging, it's about your client and the result that your client is going to get. That's the value. That's the value. What I was saying earlier is like someone who thinks that $800 is the right amount of money to invest in a website isn't thinking about the result that they're going to get in their business of what that website can do for them. But when you focus on the value and the result, it completely shifts the pricing because it's like your work is really like leading into a return on investment for that client business. That's why the pricing isn't about the website. It's about like, this is why we we talk about something called value-based pricing. And again, just to reiterate, this is not related to your worth. This is not related to your value. This is about the value of the outcome that you're providing to your clients and centering your clients' results and successes in that conveying of what you're creating for them. I love that word outcome, right? Like it's the result, it's the outcome that you're providing. I want to give like a hypothetical example, but also this is something that we've seen with our own clients. So I can tell you this is reality. What if you charge, let's say $2,000 for a website and you're like, this feels great. I'm going to charge $2,000. This client is a high powered, awesome client. You created a website that is going to help them launch their new program, their new product. They launch the website and in turn, they launch the product and they make a million dollars from the website, right? Your website facilitates that program existing. It is the sales page. It maybe houses the program. Without the website, without the thing that you created, that million dollar opportunity, that million dollar revenue might not be possible. If you knew that your clients were going to get those kinds of results, would you charge more? And that's reality. That's reality. We have clients who we launch their websites and they make back their return on their investment like tenfold. That is no joke with what we charge and what they make from the launch of their website and their program and their offerings. And without what we created for them, obviously like they are great at what they do. They are talented. They have amazing offers. But our product, the thing that we created for them was an integral part of them getting to that outcome. Yeah. So it's very much like if you knew that the website you built was going to help somebody make a million dollars, how would that inform what you charge them. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to throw this out here too. Like if you're charging something and you're always getting yeses and like they're not even batting an eyelash, you tell them this is how much it's going to cost to work with me. And the potential client is like, sure. Oh, really? Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) Is that all? Oh, okay. Then that's a sign that you're undercharging. Yeah. You don't want people to think they're getting a steal off of your work. No, 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 no. And that's why it's important to 
disassociate this idea that it's a value assigned to you because what ends up happening is it's like you're chasing the approval. You're you're trying to please the client, make it worth their while, make it easier for them to say yes. But let's reframe it and think about the value that you're providing to this client's business. You're allowing them to further their mission. You're allowing them to basically facilitate product launches and make their own sales without the work that you do that would not be possible for them. And what ends up happening too is like, I can already hear it. I can already hear somebody saying, well, if I, they can just go find that somewhere else. They can go find that with somebody else. It's possible, yes, but also they can find it with you. So why not you? Why not you? I love that. Why not you? And also believing in the abundance of this space. We have high demand skills. Every business needs a website. One person cannot make a website for every single business that exists out there. So if you truly believe that and you lean into that and you lean into the idea that if you attract the right people, the right people will say yes because of that abundance and because we have skills that align with that, there is no convincing required that someone needs a website. It is what it is. We have a skill set that is in high demand. So lean into that and remember, why not you? Why shouldn't you be the one that charges $10,000? Who said you can't? I want to pose this question to anyone who's listening to like, have you ever seen somebody else's work and and said, I could have built that. I could have probably built that better. Like that confidence that you have of what you're capable of, transfer that into what you charge for your work. If you know you're like, I got the skills that pay the bills, then you need to be charging enough to pay your bills and then some. How about that? Yes, I love that. I think we can dive (laughs) deeper into, we have quite a few other podcast episodes planned around pricing, but like the more of the money stuff. But I do also think we can talk about in another episode that it's not just the website that you're creating for someone. Obviously, we've talked about the result, but there's all these other aspects that you are involved in when you are a web developer for someone or a web designer. And you can add even more value to their project with a great client experience with all of these extra things that you provide to their specific industry. So let's talk about that on another podcast episode. But remember, the value is not just about the product, the like deliverable. It is about the result that you are providing to your client when they work with you. So how do we get there, Sam? I think we should start by saying we can't we can't tell you the number. We don't believe in like just double it, right? We don't believe in like whatever your rate is, just times two. Yeah, I can't, t- I can't tell you that number, boo, because I don't know what you're charging. But I can tell you this, if, if you're charging $800 for a website, I can't tell you to double your prices because $1,600 is still not enough. That's why it's like, it's not that simple where it's like, here's the fix, double your prices. Here's the fix, 30% over. It's not fair. And it's also not taking into consideration where you are right now, right? So I want, it's always important to like meet people where they're at right now. But that's why the inner work for your business is is critical. Understanding who your dream client is, like fully knowing who you want to work with so that you can start attracting those people so that you can get practice building their websites so that you can start creating a relevant portfolio, showcasing your work so that you can start charging more because you have like a set package for the particular type of dream client you want to work with so that you stop attracting people that are only going to pay $800 for a website and are going to be a nightmare to work with anyway. 
which we didn't even touch on, but like that's another part of undercharging that happens is like typically when you undercharge or you give a discount or, you know, whatever, it doesn't always attract the best clients to work with. In terms of the experience, it's not always fun. Been there, done that, not a fan. One other thing that I'll say too, which is like super critical is get in community with other women web designers, like biz besties, people that are a little farther ahead than you who can really like pump you up, lift you up, like validate you, see the work that you're doing and help you see the value in it, right? Because there's so much value in having somebody that you trust look at your work and reinforce and support you and encourage you and say, this is good charge more for it. You know? Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> like, better than someone saying that. It's available to you. Mm-hmm. And that whole idea we talked about earlier of like this lack of awareness and really not knowing what's possible. It, when you're in community with women who are a little bit farther ahead than you, they show you what's possible because they've been there, right? And and it's so hard to see it for yourself if you can't see it at all. Mm-hmm. And so that idea that you can't be it if you can't see it, you know? But also, okay, here's another cliche. Um, You know me, I love a cliche, I love an adage. That idea that like, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. You know, like you never want to be the smartest person in the room kind of thing. Like when you're in community with people like biz besties, women web designers who are a little bit farther ahead than you, it makes you stretch. It makes you grow. It helps you expand and be more open to those ideas of like abundance and things like that. 100% agree, which is why the mentorship that we have is a community and it is not just a one-to-one mentorship. It's about being in community with other women. There is nothing better than someone telling you, oh my gosh, you created this? How much did you charge? You charged $2,000? Yeah, I would. I mean, people would totally pay $3,000 for that or $5,000 for that. And what's great, like you said, is it? I've had experiences where someone's been like, oh, you should charge this much, but their opinion didn't really mean anything because they are not in our industry. They haven't done that and then seen success. But I mean, having someone look at your work who has charged $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 for projects and say, oh my gosh, you can totally be charging four grand for that. That means something, yes. right? That's someone that has actually been in your shoes telling you that. It absolutely means something because there's a, a huge benefit to being around people who know what's possible. They've, they've experienced what's possible and that abundance is real for them to help you see that it's real for you. Because if, like you said earlier, if, if you're Decisions are informed by people who aren't in this industry, who don't know what entrepreneurship is all about, who might have their own scarcity mindset going on. That's not the kind of person that you want telling you how to run your business. Amen. Amen. So to kind of wrap everything up, I think it was really, really important that we had this conversation today to just talk about and and address the idea that undercharging is a thing in our industry, especially as women web designers and developers. Just as a reminder, this podcast is for women. So we really, really wanted to address this topic because it is a reality that a lot of us are experiencing or have experienced in the past feeling like we have to undercharge. And I hope that we taught you guys about value-based pricing, about valuing your work based off of the result you get for your client. So that is what we'll leave you with for today. Lots of things to reflect on. Think about your pricing. Take a look at it. Feel into where it is, why it's that price. This is just a thought exercise experiment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because you get to decide. Boom. Period. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) Hey there, listener. 
If you enjoyed the conversation Sam and I had today, we invite you to join the Making Website Magic community and continue the conversation with us. We created this space for web designers and developers who want to dig deeper into their businesses with other like-minded people in a way that's encouraging, safe, and brave. Inside the Making Website Magic community, you'll get access to exclusive content like secret podcast episodes, invitations to live virtual events hosted by Sam and I, and opportunities to ask questions and network with potential project collaborators. And it's free. Are you interested? Head on over to makingwebsitemagic.com slash community to get started. See you there. Thank you so much for listening to the Making Website Magic podcast. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. This helps more women just like you find the show. Want to dig deeper into these conversations with us? Head over to the free Tech With Intention community at makingwebsitemagic.com slash community. Remember, you are more capable than you realize. Until next time, go make some website magic.